0: Welcome to another episode of Dio Talk. I'm Dio. Let's talk. Um, my guests today are the founder of Silent Warriors Podcast. Uh, give a warm welcome to Dizzy Girl and Lady DMC. Welcome to the show, ladies.
1: Thank you for having us. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm excited.
0: Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, how are you guys? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for joining me. Uh, I understand this is the first time you guys have been doing like videos on a podcast before. So uh, I'm super honored. Uh, I hope I can make this a uh, great experience for you guys. I, I, I'm just nervous as you guys, so uh, <laughs> so let's just, just, just try to, you know, jump into it. All right. Um, so how did you guys, wh- what inspired you guys to create this awesome podcast, uh, the Silent Warrior Chronicles podcast?
2: Well, it was actually um, something that came to both of our minds, especially during the pandemic, you know, Um, both Desi Girl and myself had been silent warriors for a while. Um, Personally, I suffer from anxiety and major depressive disorder. And when we got into the pandemic, it just got me thinking, you know, how many more people are starting their mental health journey at this time? Or how many people's uh, mental health is actually being aggravated with this unprecedented situation, you know? And as a warrior, I don't have that clinical professional experience. I just have the patient perspective, the straight warrior perspective. So I just ask myself, who can I partner with who would be willing to go on this crazy journey and do something informative and special for other warriors out there? And I reached out to Desi Girl, and fortunately, my BFF here said, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: So what is your experience, Desi Girl?
1: Um. So I am a clinical social worker. I work in a psychiatric hospital and um in the midst of the pandemic lady dmc had messaged me um we were playing like that a fun game like how many s's there are in a sentence and i guess i guessed it right (laughs) and she's like hey girl like i know you work in mental health like this is kind of my vision and you know i was working 10 to 12 hours um per shift and i was like oh my god i don't know if i could do that like you know? And I was like, okay, we'll give it a try. So we started with the blog. Cause I was like, I don't think I could do a podcast. And we started with the blog and it was once a week. And I promised myself, okay, we're just going to do this once a week. Like I'll we'll have an Instagram. And I would say that lasted two weeks. And then I was like, oh, let's do another segment on the blog. And now it's turned into a seven day segment. because <laughs> We yeah. have Monday through Friday um, blog posts and then Tuesdays are podcast, And then Saturday, Sundays is more Instagram. So yeah, it just turned into a whole thing where we chat about mental health and kind of what Lady DMC said, um, you know, as a clinician, we oftentimes don't get the patient side of things. Like I can sit here and tell you everything that the DSM tells you, but someone like Lady DMC could be like, well, you mean this? And I'm like, "Mm-hmm," and then they were like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. I can't explain layman's terms. I kind of tell her it's like being part of another world, like Ariel, like we live in two different worlds. I live in the ocean and she lives up up above
0: the ocean well i gotta i gotta say i'm i'm very happy um you guys are really doing an awesome job i've heard a couple of episodes and it's amazing because you guys are actually doing something to help people with mental health you're actually addressing issues you know in different um how do i say in different forms and different topics and that's more than you know some doctors or therapists can actually do. You know, uh, like I mentioned before, before we started, I was listening to the uh the uh John, Johnina Jon Lee episode where she was fascinating, you know, breaking down uh individuals that have these sometimes multi-personality disorders. I mean as an actor you 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 know you you uh pick and choose so many roles that sometimes you get to lose yourself in one and not know what's, you know, what's fantasy and what's reality.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, we were chatting earlier um, before we went on air and, you know, that's just my diagnosis based on the information that I know that Lady DMC has presented me with. But, you know, Angelina Jolie, if you're listening to this, like hit us up, we'd love to chat with
2: you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> help me with your mental journey. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, I think it's amazing. Like I said on the episode, you know, it's it's amazing how something like that can just propel along with the talent that she has. She's just no, I say no wonder she's an A-lister. She's fantastic. But to see how that could be her her saving grace, her freedom, and it could be her relief. She said it herself in a lot of interviews, like how acting has pretty much saved her along with being a mother. So I just find that very fascinating as well. And I'm very I'm very happy to have been part of those movies, yeah, to have seen them, so.
0: That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so you guys started this in the pandemic, right? So, like, mm-hmm. what challenge, you, what were what, what some of the challenges you guys, like, went through through this, this crazy, non-managing pandemic that we went through?
2: In terms of uh, SWC, I think one of the biggest challenges, which I think all of us dealt with, was distance. We had to learn to kind of work together, but not being together, you know, having technology work in our favor, having times that we could meet work in our favor, especially learning all the all the platforms such as Zoom and such as Anchor and Riverside and all these things. I think that was probably one of the biggest things. Having sand dishes at the beginning because we couldn't be together to record, but we managed to. In the midst of our to anxiety. make it work, make to it make work. it work.
0: that's yeah. all that matters. That's all that matters. It's it's fascinating that you guys have able to build this this network, this this awesome podcast. You know, with one another because a lot of people, you know, they tend to start it and they tend to start working with with somebody else and it just fall through just by itself. So that's passion and dedication. I, I, that's admirable on you guys.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, fun fact is we recorded half of season one, six times.
0: Really? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, we had to record those episodes more than we would like to say, just again, because of the sound issues. And we're mm-hmm. like, okay, so we have to record this when it sounded great the third time. Now we have to record it a sixth time. It was, a, it was interesting. <laughs>
0: How was that? Do you guys like had to like we re, we re, uh, listen to it and write ping points down on certain topics and then do it all over again?
2: We tried to make it as organic as possible. Correct me if I'm wrong, Desi girl. We tried to remember a little bit of what we said, but, you know, it never comes out the same when you re-record. <laughs> so we just tried to go with our banter. We just tried to make it work as much as possible.
0: What's what's been the go ahead, go ahead, Desi girl.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, like, those that, like, know Lady DMC and I, they, they're like, you guys sound so bored or, like, you're just not enthusiastic. I'm like, dude, like, the first time we were, like, yelling at each other and arguing and I was like, six sixth time <laughs> we're like, okay, just get through it. Like, let's get through this 45 minutes and just release it. Like, I'm done.
0: <laughs> but, you know, like, now that you listen, I, I like I said, I listened to a couple of episodes and just I, I don't know if it was the editing, but it sounds so, like, like you have the guy, you guys have the music at the band uh, in the background, and it's everything's like very nonchalant. It's very like I can literally like do anything. I could fold clothes, wash dishes, or edit uh, uh mm-hmm. one of my episodes and just like I I, I lose myself in the topic. You know, that's not that's not helpful for me as a male, uh, when I've listened to uh, uh a couple of your episodes. So I think you guys are doing great. I think you guys are doing awesome. Um, I really mean that.
2: Thank you so much. I think um, I think what Desi Girl and I learned just through recording so many times, you know, both of us, I don't think you've done another podcast, right, Desi Girl? I have not. Yeah, so I think it was a learning process that we went through as business partners, as besties. And I think we just learned, you know what, the the best script is no script. So yes, just make it yes. organic, r- roll with it, and let the banter. How yes. you hear us on the podcast from probably half of season one to now is just, that's just us drinking a Starbucks or yes. chatting at the park. That's just but that, that how that that
0: That's how it should be, honestly, because, like, you, 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 first of all, you, you, uh, create this, let's say a whole episode and you, and you, you know, script part, part by uh, part by part, you know, and then you, you have a guest uh, on the show that makes them tense and nervous. Like, Oh man, what if I mess this question up? Oh man. Like what I respond the wrong way. And I think one thing that us as human has have lost throughout the years is that sense of connection with one another and, and, and just having a conversation, a deep, meaningful conversation.
2: And the beautiful thing is, once we learned that we didn't need to have questions ahead of time, um, Desi Girl and I just learned that, hey, whatever she says, we'll just bring a question to my mind and I'll ask it and vice versa. And that's how our conversation keeps flowing. That's the rudder that keeps us propelling during that episode. So it just works.
0: (laughs) Well, it's working. It's awesome. Um, So like what like what it has been and because you're on on, uh, season two, right? yeah what, what, what's like in your in your guy's opinion which has been like the the most difficult topic to discuss like it really hits it hits home
1: um so just season two or season one i'm included
0: well in 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 general
1: for me it's been the ptsd episode because that was an episode that was not supposed to ever happen um it was about you know my sexual assault and i didn't want to tell anybody i was ashamed and um you know as lady dmc mentioned we are best friends and you know she said look let's just try it if if i can't do it we'll just vaccinate the episode and you'll hear in the middle of the episode she actually stops the episode and says are you okay like do you want me to stop the episode like we can stop right now. And that's genuine. That was not planned at all. Like I broke down crying. And I think that kind of was like a turning point for me and my healing in that, in that regard. But it was a really difficult episode because I was like, oh my gosh, the whole world is going to hear this now. And everyone's yes, going to yes. know. And what are they going to think of me? So for me, it was really hard to not only record it, but then having the whole world listening to it.
2: Wow. I think that would have to be the hardest one for me as well, because, um, you know, just to see my friend have to talk about such a difficult topic, I think, um, you know, we've really learned to change those hats. Like we know how to be um, Lady DMC, the business partner, but I also know how to be Lady DMC, the best friend. So to see her talk about something that caused so much distress you know, that's why I stopped the episode and I said, it's, it's probably not even worth it. It's, it's my friend's situation. It's her mental health first. So I didn't like seeing her like that. So as a friend, that was probably the the most difficult for me.
0: Oh, you're very courageous. And thank you for sharing that because, you know, it's it's almost therapeutic finally be able to talk about it. And you don't know how many people you can actually help. And and then that, you know, just, just find somebody like you found your best friend and talk, talk about it because that's all, you know, sometimes we need, you know, like I, I grew up in a very difficult environment in my upbringing, you know, it wasn't, you know, thank God that, you know, it it didn't happen. The same thing happened to you. Right. You know, but I I grew up where, you know, there was a lot of um, violence. Right. So I have, I have a, a couple of skeletons in my closet a lot of PS3, PS, uh, PSG, whatever you call that. PTSD. Yeah. Uh, and my upbringing. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I sit down with my wife and, you know, she says something or something triggers my memory. Oh, yeah. And I I just sit down in a corner and quiet. And, you know, I, throughout the years, I I have find, found ways and to talk about it with her. Has not been easy mm-hmm. because you, mm-hmm. you're reliving th- that horrible moment's like me those horrible moments that I, ha- I had to choose to survive so you know i commend you and, and uh i respect you and thank you
1: no i mean definitely that and that's one of the reasons why lady dmc was like let's just try the episode because again it's a story that both men and women deal with and you know as a society we're told to keep it quiet especially with the me me too uh, or me too movement and everything and just people saying oh no well why are you coming back 20 years later to say that this happened to you um you know I wasn't ready to talk about it and I you know she again she just said like let's just try it
0: if it doesn't work it doesn't work
1: but I literally was living through it when I was doing that episode I was there when it happened like and that's what I think was hard for me kind of what you're saying those triggers the flashback I could hear like the banging I could hear my name being called I can you know I felt like I was there when that episode happened. And that was for me both therapeutic but also triggering because again I put myself right back where I didn't want to be anymore.
0: Yeah, I totally get it. I mean, but you faced it, you know, that's the most important mm-hmm. part. You can yeah. face it and you can overcome it. Wow. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: So, like what feedback have you guys um received? Because it has, it has to be positive. Like you guys understand, you're, you're doing something special here, right? You're, you're changing people's lives. You're, you're touching their heart. You're, you're making you're, you're making it matter. Just mm-hmm. what by making one mm-hmm. episode at a time and talk about different topics that has to do with mental health. You know that, right?
2: We really appreciate that. I mean, I, I think Desi Girl will. Um, would agree with me here that we've received mostly good feedback. I mean, there's been some that you kind of have to just dismiss kind of like everything. But I, I think what we mostly get is what we said before, just the banter, just the conversation. People like that. People like that. You can just grab a tea, grab a coffee, you know, listen to it on your drive home. And it just feels, we've gotten the feedback that it feels like hanging out with some girlfriends and just chatting it up.
0: Um. Yeah, so you're I always, think
2: that's
0: the that's the flow we're going. Yeah, through. you're always going to have people give their negative feedbacks, but that's on them. You know, some people hear things like that and just they can't sometimes accept reality. that not everything is, is pink and not everything is OK and good, you know, so like, you know. Bad publicity is not it, it, it's it's good publicity because you got people talking. So it's good. It's good. it's Good.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, if lady, DC, lady DMC, if I may, so she actually got more of the hate than I did because, Why? I mean, <laughs> because I was a professional in the field and you know, I know what I was talking about, and how dare she talk about PTSD or depression? And it was they were displacing their anger. I remember we had an episode, um, not an episode, it was a blog po- a blog post about cr- mental health and corrections and she just got ripped up for it because people were like well how dare you talk about that like you don't know what you're talking about and I work in the prison section and it's it was really hard like we that was a breaking point for us where we were like should we even continue because the hate she was getting was ridiculous like she was getting threatened and wow. like you know movie stars get threatened all the time and like we're just like ordinary people here and I'm like what what in the world like, you have so much time on your hands to threaten this poor girl like what did she do to you
0: well that that's that's very cynical on those uh, on those you know behalf of those people because at the end of the day like there's there's it's it, everyone has different views right mm-hmm. and everybody has an opinion so you know you, she's telling her point of view that doesn't necessarily means she's right she's she's only explaining what she's seen and what she's gone through you know like you have yours like you can be mm-hmm. you can be uh you know a medical professional right but yeah. you you guys speak on facts mm-hmm. and, and that's it, but then when you're on a you know civilian side a human side, there's so many factor that goes into a reaction that sometimes a person gives right
2: yeah. so yeah. Oh, Sorry, I was going to say what I think people don't understand is the fact that I may not know the DSM because I don't claim to be a professional, but I think the importance of having a warrior's perspective is the fact that, like, for example, Desiville, she can recite it forwards and backwards, right? But if, she, and she's a warrior too, she has that added perspective, which is good. But like, for example, maybe someone else who's in the field, who's a clinician who perhaps hasn't lived it, they don't, they know the symptoms, they know how to treat these types of disorders, but they haven't felt what it actually feels like. They haven't felt those symptoms in person. And that's the perspective that, that I tried to bring. So like, yes, this is what you read about in anxiety, but this is how it actually presents itself. It's the shakes, it's going pale, it's going cold, it's insomnia the lack of appetite or the overeating and i've actually lived all that so that's what i'm trying to tell people like i'm here i actually know what the dsm is talking about not because i read it because
0: i'm living proof (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and oftentimes like even like i have anxiety and ptsd but I also know what the DSM says. I also know what therapy mo- modalities to use. So I'm sitting here, and you, I mean, Lady DMC can vouch for Like, I'm okay. So let's do some grounding exercises. Let's, you know, let's do some deep breathing. Like, what's triggering me? Like, I literally therapy is myself, and I don't ever, it's a curse. I'll admit it's a curse to have no the DSM, but you know, I, I envy her sometimes. I'm like, I wish I could just sit there and be like, I'm anxious. Help me. Like, tell me what to do because I'm sitting there and she's healthy. She's like, let's do this. I'm like, Nope, that's the wrong treatment to do. Like you got to do this. Cause this is going to cause this. So I, even though I'm a warrior, I, it's like me knowing the treatment. So I'm literally treating myself all the time, which is a bad thing. Please don't do it. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. At the same time, she has that place where she doesn't know what the DSM is, so she's able to give you that raw experience, that raw information that I cannot give you because, yeah. again, I and know the you, other. Aspect basically, of it.
0: be honest and tell you what's working, what's not working. Yeah. So you right. really, you really got the best of both worlds.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we balance each other out beautifully, and I say this on my episodes too. The biggest benefit is I have a business partner, a best friend and a therapist all in one. <laughs> I, like, I like to be a little sponge around her. Like she calls me her little clinician in training because everything <laughs> that she said, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so fascinating. Tell me more. I want to learn this.
0: Aww, you guys are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> she is a
2: clinician in training.
1: My goal is by the end of season two for her to be a clinician. <laughs>
0: But that's that's the great that's that's like the best relationship ever because you're learning from one another. You you guys love each other, you know, and you're having fun uh, embarking together in this journey. Like you know, if it was a job, you guys it, it wouldn't feel like a job because you guys are having so much fun. You know, yeah. and that's that's the most important part. If it's if one thing I've learned throughout this. Uh, pandemic, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if we're in or out or whatever, but it's one thing I've learned is like find something, you know, that you do that you love that makes you happy, right? Mm-hmm. The second thing is you have to realize the people of your surroundings. This pandemic has pushed boundaries and forced people to accept their reality, meaning, if you marry somebody or you're in a relationship with somebody, you realize, uh, fuck, this is not the person for me or fuck. Mm. This is I'm in love with this person. Thank God I'm stuck here with her, you know, mm. then something's wrong. And you yeah. guys, you guys like it's beautiful. I get you guys give me chills. <laughs> I, 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 I love this. I love this.
2: And you reminded me of something that my cousin told me when I was younger, choosing what I was going to study um, back in college. She told me, you know what, Lady DMC? Do something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life.
0: Yes, and yes.
2: I, I found that with my homegirl right here. There I could be go. having the most miserable week, the most miserable Thursday. And then I remember, oh yes, we're recording today. I'm like, yes, is yes. it eight or nine o'clock yet? Yeah, I want to talk to my homegirl. Yes, I, I yes. want to record. I want to chat. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man. You guys give me chill. Like I, I I used to work in this corporation, you know, that blah blah blah, you know the world. And I left it. You know, I became a small business owner. Uh, I Matter, I think matter the last year. Uh, and my son is autistic, right? So my life it's hectic but i think i'm having more fun i i i love my life more you know besides you know because as a business owner you guys it's it's a struggle to get it you know off the ground and to get it out there and i think i'm i'm more happier now that i'm spending time with my wife and spending time with my son and i'm i'm doing the work rather than sitting in an office for you know, I started my day at six o'clock in the morning, came out came back home at eight or ten o'clock at night, you know, and it sucked. It sucked. So I, I, I totally get where you guys are coming from. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: I I totally get it. Cause again, you know, going back to the pandemic, mental treatment changed a lot. And I, you know, I I remember just one day being in the parking lot, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot be running a machine anymore. I can't be dealing with these crises after crisis. And, you know, just expecting to just go home and be okay and do it again the next day. And, you know, it, it got a lot. And I, I, I see that the world is going to change. You know, there's one pandemic is ending, but I think a mental pandemic is in the horizon with this COVID situation.
0: Yes, yes. I, you know, I... Ain't... Like uh, when I first embarked in my journey of this podcast, I I always try to I always try to inspire people. Like this is a time and where you need to invest and start your own business, whatever you know. Be self sufficient, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Me. You know, as time you know has evolved and we're getting you know to a closer norm, and things are are uh, continuing to open. Like I'm, um, you know. I'm, I'm asking myself, are we, are we ready? Are we really ready to go back to some norm, you know? And I don't think we're fully ready. We've been out for a year and some change. Uh, certain people have hustled and, and created something, but majority of, of a lot of them have just sat and had that long vacation that needed for years. So are like, and you, and you guys, uh, because I know you guys over there in California and in L.A., like in, in your opinion, do you think we're ready?
2: I don't think we're ready. I think um, with all that's changed, having to go virtual on so many things for so long, it's going to be hard to, you know, get that socializing aspect back. I think people are going to be concerned for a while Regardless, if the CDC and you know and health officials tell us, you know it's safe to go out without masks. I mean, look, we thought that it was dying down now, and look, this whole Delta variant came and started rocking yes. our world again. You know, like over here in LA County, they're already saying you have to wear masks again. I just think so many things have changed that I don't even know if we're ready for the new normal.
0: Yes, yes. You yeah. know, what about you, as a girl?
1: Honestly, I don't think we're ready. A, like you mentioned earlier, we don't know if COVID is even over yet. It just seems like we're getting, in my sense, a misinformation. Like today it's, oh yeah, we only had a thousand cases and tomorrow it's like there's 6,000 cases now. And in this year that we've been home, those of us that had the opportunity to be home now don't know how to work in an office because they found like this is more efficient for me. I know Lady DMC, you work in the office setting. So you had that experience of being able to work from home and still be able to fulfill your duties essentially. Whereas for me, I wasn't able to telework, but you know, I'm burnt from the pandemic. I can imagine. Yeah. I am, you know, I'm tired. And you know, the thought of going back like to the point where like, I dislike what I got into and, you know, lady DMC and I started SWC and that kind of brought that spark back with mental health. But I also realized that there's so much misinformation out there when yes. it comes to mental health. I mean, um, there was an increase in alcohol sales by like, I think it was like 300% to the point where like Costco now sells alcohol to the highest price they've ever sold it because of the demand.
0: Boy, I got to stop. If, you know, if if there's Hispanic buying beer, there's a party. So you, you got you to gotta <laughs> take that demographic out. We like to party, so <laughs> we'll make a part of this and growing up in Puerto Rico and I know in Florida, if there's a hurricane, there's a party. So you got to discount <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. But, yes.
1: but, but you know, like there's a lot of people who have completely, I was just watching a documentary. Like these people are like, Oh yeah, I just, you know, took a shot of tequila, went to my meeting at two. Then I had another shot. Like they were drunk throughout their whole work day. Like when, when do you get to have that opportunity without getting in trouble? Yeah. And, You know, some people dealt with isolation. Some people found out that they were in a bad marriage or, you know, they can't live isolated. So, no, I don't think we're ready. And I think mental health and medical need to be taken care of. And I think we need to figure out a game plan. I don't think there's a game plan, really, honestly. Here in California, there's no game plan, at least.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of people from California moving to Texas.
1: Yeah. That's like the worst
0: there's a lot of guns over there. There's a lot of, you know, you don't want to be in Texas. You're, you don't want to go crazy in Texas.
2: By the way, I love that we're talking to a fellow Latino. As a yes. Latino myself.
0: Yes. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, a
1: lot of people moved out. Um, A lot yeah. of people, like, I mean, they're, uh, in California, I've seen some very fascinating people. Many used to were fascinating you know, they're rational about this COVID, like it's a hoax. And i I think it's interesting. I like listening to people's explanation. I'm like, mm, you might have schizophrenia or psychosis, but okay. Now we know. <laughs> now we know what's going on with you. I mean, there's
0: there's there's uh, some people that have, you know, you radical explanations, but some people have mm-hmm. good points. You know, like sometimes I think common sense, we as people lack it. I think, you know, the answer is right there in front of us sometimes. And we there's so much going on so Mm -hmm. much, so much that we we tend to forget that the most simplest thing is is the simple answer. We can't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, right. You guys doing this mental health stuff like like, what do you think is the like number why? Why? And. 2021 there's so many you know putting the pandemic aside right this in g- overall in general like in your guys opinion what do you th- why do you think that there's so much mental health going on
1: i think mental it's always been there i just think the culture back then was very different um it was very hush hush you don't talk about it or you're going to be labeled crazy yes and you know as society has evolved, how the culture has evolved. Mental health now has become kind of the cool thing. Um, I remember patients telling me that, oh, it's cool to have anxiety now. It's cool to have depression. It's like a badge of honor now. When way back when it was a scarlet letter. So for me, I think it's normalizing mental, health, but I also think mental still has a lot of stigma to it. I think people have made up rules, made up um, descriptions of diagnoses, And so though mental health is acceptable, I don't think it's fully accepted. Um, You know, in a a few episodes, we've talked about this where employers are like, oh, you're having a bad day. Yeah. So can you come in tomorrow, though? Because we're short staffed?" (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) dude, I just told you I'm depressed. I can't get out of bed. And you want me to come to like, I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow. Like and. We got to make sure that mental health is equal to medical conditions because, you know, autism, for example, that is a medical condition, but it's also a mental health disorder. But both parties have to work together to help the warrior get through whatever obstacles that they're going through. I think that same needs to happen with anxiety, depression, PTSD, schizophrenia, borderline personality, or whatever you say. We need to give that same respect per se and say, hey, you're having a mental health, you know, flare up per se. All right. Let us know when you feel better and return to work.
0: And for I got it. What about, what about you, Lady DMC?
2: I completely agree. I think this new generation is the one that's finally saying, you know what? This is, this just means being human. This doesn't mean being crazy. This means that I feel I have emotions. I'm alive. And why should I have to keep quiet about something that should be, Completely normal. I mean, you know, we, I remember Desi Girl saying this on a couple of our episodes as well like, why are we not ashamed to say if we have diabetes or if we have a thyroid condition, you know, things like that? But why do we have to have that shame of, oh, I'm anxious or I suffer from depression or I'm bipolar or things like that, you know? And I think this generation is the one that's finally opening up their eyes and saying we got to band together and normalize this stick together and say this is just part of the human condition it's just as normal as physical health because mental health is physical health so our brains are part of our body so yes, let's yes. speak about it
0: yeah definitely yeah see when me like my opinion is not that different from you guys right like but for me i don't know it's because i, I grew up in a different environment rather than here in america and the states you know um, like for me is like, like one thing growing up as, as a boy, as a teenager, as an adult, as a man, as a father, you know, one thing that I've learned throughout the years is that, you know, we need to be able to be in touch with our emotions, you know, and, and as you know, and, and, in, in the male community, that's something that we, we tend to push other males to not to, to not to ignore feelings. Right. So that, but it, it 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 doesn't help us when we finally settled down and now it's time to raise kids and and be married, you know, being in and be able to understand and is one of the key factors to to being a good parent and, and a good husband. And you know, I tell I you know when I sit and have these these deep uh, conversations with people, I tell them all the time like, you, you know, you shouldn't ignore your feelings, but you shouldn't also let them control you, you know, like we live, we, we live in a society nowadays that it's a gray area. It's, you know, back then it used to be white and black, you know, straight to the point, very strict, you know, narrow line. Now we live in this, in, in, in this gray area that we really don't know what's right or wrong. And, and some people that do need the help like you know, the warriors you guys you guys speak to every week and try to inspire, right? Those people need help. But then you have other people that just using it as an excuse to get by because they don't want to do something. They don't want to get something done. And that's what where it creates that gray line. Because there's really people that need help, but are not getting the help because that gray line, it's it's so it's right there. You can't define what is what nowadays.
1: Oh, no, I 100% agree. I think mental health is either a jail-free card or it's something that it's a a no-no per se. Um, You know, working in the psychiatric unit, I've met with patients who have been deemed not competent to stand trial. Now, are they really not able to stand trial? (laughs) I don't know it wasn't there but you know I help them with whatever diagnosis they may have and we get through it but oftentimes I think is now mental the new you know getaway card precord yeah Right. Like, is that our new excuse? Oh, I have depression day. Cause I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of people when I was in grad school who were like, oh my gosh, like I'm so severely depressed. I hear voices and this and that. And I'm like, wait, you have like six different diagnoses there. So we're like, what is going on with you? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, but then it turns into, are you using this to get away? Like, you know, I'm not trying to downplay it, but I know a lot of people who claim to have mental illnesses to get disability. and. Other, you know, benefits, and really, they don't have it. So, has mental become a joke now too?
0: Yes, yes, I agree. I I have, I I know people close to me that you know, they 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 say they can't sleep at night, Mm -hmm. but then go to sleep at five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning and sleep all day. Or, you know, I'm depressed, but. Well, they really knew is to get a job and get the fuck out and, and go do something with their life. Like it's, it's you know that's me because I, I'm a hard ass. I come from a very go cool, you know difficult background, so I, I, I when it comes to I'm very, I try to be sensitive, but it's it's difficult for me sometimes because when I see bullshit, it's it's bullshit, and, and I it, like I can smell it, you know. But, oh no!
1: I mean, in the clinical, we call that malingering. <laughs> we have a term for it malingering. now. Malingering. <laughs> malingering and
0: you know i'm gonna use that to saw so many people i'm sorry uh,
1: (laughs) no use it (laughs) oh you're
0: such a malingering
1: you're a malinger you're a malinger malinger. got it um but I mean, but every again, like I don't discount people. I've met with people who I'm like, okay, like you're dealing with insomnia. Like, what's going on? And you can, like, Lady DMC, you can say this. Like, I therapeutize everybody. She'll be like, stop telling people things. Like, stop asking all these questions. Like, why are you trying to fix them? (laughs) Like, But it's like, I want to understand, why do you feel like you need to lie about having an illness? Like, let's talk about that. Why do we want to be a malingerer? Let's go
0: deep in. Let's go deep in the Let's talk
1: about it. Let's go under the sea (laughs) and talk about this. And it's like, you know, but then you generally hear people's story like, hey, you know, I have social, you know, I, I'm scared because if I go to work, X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Okay. Well, let's talk about those fears. Like you can still work. You don't need disability for that. Like you can work. We'll figure it out. Like I can help you. Like. I empower people. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm like, I'm empowering you here. (laughs) Lady DMC, I know you have something to say about this. (laughs) What's your
0: thoughts?
2: I just think it's really unfortunate because it, it brings that sense of, of heightened awareness for the people who are probably outside the warrior world. So I feel like for those of us that are actually suffering from from a mental illness or mental illnesses in my case, like anxiety and depression, it's just going to make people like not believe you. And it's going to make them scan you. Okay. So is this person really faking it? Is it true? Can I see some medical proof here? Have you taken medications? Like, let me, let me see that. You're not malingering with me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but um, it's unfortunate that this new side of healthcare, which is mental health is actually being treated in that sense as a warrior I think that's unfair to us yeah oh
1: definitely I think it discounts those of us that are really going through something um you know kind of going back to what I had shared early in the episode I remember when it you know co-workers and friends and family they were like well what's the big deal like just you get over it and I'm like are you serious like, just get over it, like move on with my day and just say, all right, that didn't happen. So I feel like there's this hard shell mentality too out there. Kind of what you were talking about, like got to up and like have thick skin, but also, you know, not everyone has thick skin and sometimes something yes. can even surpass that thick skin that we got. And telling someone to get over it or, you know, I don't understand why this is so detrimental to you or traumatic to you. I mean, you're discounting someone's, trauma
0: yes yes i i've i've learned throughout the years that you know not everybody's like me and i you know for for the people that i've uh made it difficult i i i've always tried to reach out and apologize you know something that as you know you get older and and you become wiser you know not everybody's it's like you and that's okay is, yeah. that's okay. You can only, you know, you know, like me, I, you know, I suffer a lot of PSD. I, I you know, I suffer with a lot of uh, anger issues, uh, you know, due to my upbringing and, and, you know, I'm, I'm very, it's difficult for me to be sociable. Like mm-hmm. I, I would, I, the most I feel comfortable is when I'm alone, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to go and be sociable and be in a group, I, I, you know, I feel very uncomfortable. I feel like I'm getting my my sixth sense and then somebody's about to happen. something's about to happen and I, and I need to walk away, you know? Oh, I just, or I just, just, you know, have a hard time of, of mingling and I just don't care. And i just go by myself because it feels so, safe for me. You know, that's one of the reason I I started this podcast so I can um, branch out network, meet new people, get out my comfort zone, you know, especially now that. You know, I have an autistic son, you know, maybe things will be okay when he grows up, maybe, maybe it won't. But, you know, I try to have to try to keep pushing him because he, you know, he has to maintain. And if he sees dad being unsociable and being a hermit and not be able to do things, you know, he's going to feel like he's not going to be able to do it. So I need to do my best to set the best example for him. So it's a, it's a lot of overcoming from here.
1: Oh no. I mean, and being a parent of a child with autism is difficult. Like I don't know where the severity is for your son, but you know, as a parent, there's that trauma, right? The caregiver fatigue, the dealing, you know, I'm sure there's going to be days where your son may be having his meltdowns and you're like, dude, just keep it together today. Like (laughs) it's just not the day, (laughs) you know, and you're not able to do that. You can't tell him, keep it together. Like, you you know, I I had a bad day today. So I just need you to keep your life together today. You just go, all right, like I'm going to put my, you know, BS on the side and what's going on. What can I do to help you? feel better today and here at SOC like that's our goal we want to not just educate our warriors but those that take care of
0: them uh, for me for my son is like my main concern uh it's that people give up on him mm-hmm. like a lot of people growing up gave up on me you know i you know i i i now that i'm grown up educated myself i'm not that far from autistic spectrum so I've learned a lot, and you know seeing uh having the the experience with my son made me re- uh like realize a lot of stuff in my upbringing and a lot of people gave up on me. there was nobody trying to talk to me be patient, you know like I grew up they were passing me like they we were playing hot potato, mm-hmm. you know, so my biggest fear is that like I had a bad experience with uh speech, right? Speech for uh kids with autism, they try to like um make them irritated. They they irritate yeah. them so that they can be explosive, explosive and gotta yeah. say something. But like for certain uh kids in and with autism, it's difficult because they're already frustrated. They can't some somebody can't speak, somebody can't, you know, get the thoughts out there. So they get frustrated and a, a, a normal tantrum that's like a one will go escalate to a five. So, yeah. you know, so I will walk in to this uh, this this therapist and, you know, 20 minutes in, she's already giving up my son. And yeah. here's here's me like I'm involved. I'm heavily involved. Like, mm-hmm. you, all right, you need him to do this. And I'm talking to him or, right, you know, I'm like, here, Poppy, we're going to do this and we do this. And, and, and you know, as much annoyed I can be, but I'm not going to give up on my son. I'm not I'm not going to let that happen to me, you know, and and, you know, I'm I I continue going through this. This um with a therapist until his finish because I wanted to show that, you know, you shouldn't give up and show, you know, the government who's. It's paying for this this service, it's not that we're being lazy parents because we also, if we don't bring them to this, we'll get classified. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, and you know, for me, I refuse it, I, I bust my ass too much.
1: And I mean, from the clinical standpoint, I have a really good friend whose son has autism as well, and the parents are in total denial. He the kid's oh, six or seven years old now, total I mean, denial.
0: Have you ever seen the show Atypical on Netflix? I
1: have.
0: Oh my god, that show! That show has changed my life. Um, and then, like you mentioning what you just mentioned, like the the therapist, right? Her brother, they came to accept. Uh, he was autistic at sixteen years old.
1: Yeah. No, he's six years old. So he. They found out he was. Well, so when I first saw this kid's picture, I'm like, "Oh, he got autism."
0: <laughs> you know they don't the believe bat. me, huh? Straight off the bat.
1: Straight off. I mean, you can tell from a baby from like training ways. So when they did find out from the school, they you know denied it. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with my kid. Like they're just being racist. Like every excuse in the book on why this child was not getting his needs met. And you know now that they are sort of accepting of it, and they're doing ABA therapy. Um, the child's nonverbal right now and you can see the child regressing like things he knew six months ago because of the pandemic. It goes back to the pandemic because AB therapy was not offered here in California. I don't know if you have it back where you're living. If they were offering during the pandemic, we, we just
0: got it We literally oh, okay. two weeks, maybe three. We just got it literally.
1: Yeah. So, you know, AB therapy was not offered because they come into your home. You go to the office, you do play therapy, you do all this stuff. And they're like, Oh, sorry, we're not doing that and this child what all the things he had learned he forgot it he even forgot how to be how to go to the bathroom like he was on potty training he started peeing himself wow. in his bath in his pants and you know as therapists I think it takes a very special kind of therapist to work with children with developmental disorders I personally cannot do it I just get on my last nerve <laughs> like I'm like all right we're done just, I'm not dealing with you <laughs> and I think the person your therapist might be dealing with the same that may just not be their sector you you have to be a very very patient person i think lady dmc would make a really good therapist and devil he has a lot of patients like a lot so i think she would do really well in that she'd thrive you want to change your career
2: oh thanks (laughs) yeah i definitely think that um there's people try to label just clinicians as you know all in one group, but I definitely think, as Desi Girl said, to be able to work with children who have those special types of needs, it takes someone, I mean, it takes even someone with a lot of patience to be a parent. Not all parents are loving and caring and kind when they're yes. when their child needs help just on the day-to-day. So imagine now adding special needs on top of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot in this pandemic, I know there's a lot of parents that, like, you know, appreciate more of the teachers. oh Oh, yeah yeah. because think about it like a
2: lot of them were saying and post
0: (laughs) yeah i was going to say a
2: lot of parents were posting on social media like like teachers are my heroes and gosh, how do you guys do this i'm doing this with one or two you guys do this with 20 or 30 a day
0: yeah (laughs) like imagine like um like in present time you have a baby and like uh i want to say like six months and already you're 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 giving them to like a daycare because they gotta go work and daycare becomes pre-K, Pre-K becomes uh, kindergarten, Kindergarten mm-hmm. because first, second grade. Now like have you got to ask yourself, have you ever really had a relationship with your kid? Because you know from the point he, you bring him to life, he's been he's been taking somebody else been taking care of him. but really somebody has been raising him. So now a mm-hmm. pandemic hits like you have a 16 year old at your house. Yeah, you really never had time, really have time with him besides the weekend. And if that, now you're getting to know him.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, on and Facebook, I saw some.
2: Of that. Go ahead. Please. I was going to say not only on top of that, but also adding the fact that many parents are not in the educational sector. So having to add on yes. being the educator during the pandemic, along with being the parent. There comes another challenge.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
2: And the parents that don't speak
1: English, you know, there were a lot of parents who don't speak English. A kid is the one that speaks, thing, speaks English. I can't imagine what they were going through during the pandemic. Like how do you get your kid to do their homework? And how can you, ex- oh, okay, let me help you with your math homework or your social studies homework when they themselves don't understand. Yeah. So I feel like the pandemic just caused a lot of havoc. And, and I was, you know, I follow a few of like the educational groups and I see teachers saying like, Hey, I think this child should be held back. You know, I think it'll be better for them to have an in-person experience in second grade. And these parents are like, no, 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 they need to go to third grade. That's it. They did it. But your kid didn't learn anything because of the language barrier. A teacher wasn't available or, you know, some teachers only had like what, 20 minutes with each student per day like in 20 minutes how are you supposed to help a kid that's struggling i know if i was in elementary at the time i probably wouldn't have learned anything because again i'm a very distracted learner my anxiety would have been through the roof and i was like well i don't know what we did this whole year but i guess we're moving on now like
0: yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah what do you think like like there's a lot of like through the pandemic was a lot of virtual learning do you Mm -hmm. think that helped like i have i have small cousins that their parents are posting pictures of them just falling asleep in front of the screen. <laughs> like I,
1: <laughs> I think it like older kids, like high school and college. I think it was socially it was bad, but I think they did fine because again, they can be held accountable, but I came th- through eight. I don't think so. Especially K through five. I think they really missed out on very important milestones that we'll see the effects later in life.
0: Yes. Yes, I, I was. I was uh, talking not too long ago uh, with a with a friend of mine. Like this, I told him like this pandemic, you gotta invest in your kids. If you could get a tutor or something, invest in your kids because you know ten. I want to say five, ten years down the road, it's gonna show that the gap we all went through, believe really it or not.
1: Yeah. But I also think because there were a lot of scammer tutors out there, I had seen, yes. like, oh, I can tutor this. And then like these poor parents paid hundreds of dollars to get their kid tutored and their kid didn't learn anything because either the tutor had no idea what was going on or, you know, they're part of Lady DMC, my generation, where we kind of just learned how to go through loopholes, <laughs> <and> figure <laughs> it out and be like, oh, that's how we got the answers. <laughs> I guess that worked. But I just think this pandemic has impacted every age group but the younger generation we're going to see the huge impact in and i don't i don't know how we're going to deal with it quite honestly
0: what what about you lady dmc
2: uh i think that parents were a little concerned in terms of the learning i think everybody freaked out because the children were going to get held back but honestly i don't think virtual learning was probably the best thing just I mean, with all the factors that you guys have listed in terms of the language barrier, I work in a city where there's a lot of immigrant families, where there's a lot of low-income families. And the city had to say, you know what, we're going to have to go on some funding here in terms of all our school students who don't have a computer, don't have a laptop, don't have that type of technology to even log in and attend virtual school. You know, there's there's so many things that were preventing kids from getting the 100 percent attention, education and understanding that they needed teachers not being able to spend enough time individually. Um, I know Verizon over here had to say, you know what, we're going to we're going to give you guys some months, maybe even a year for free just so your students can go to school. We'll give you Wi-Fi, you know, put up new towers and things like that. I I don't know if it was the most effective way of receiving an education. I think people were were just trying to go ahead and get their kids, you know, busy doing something, trying to keep that normal, so to speak. But I I mean it's it's the best we could do as humans. We try to adapt, and yes, it's the only yes, way we could think do it yes. was to do it was to do it like we're doing right now with our meetings and turn school into that as well. So, but I. I don't think it was a hundred percent effective, if I'm honest.
1: <laughs> I mean, they had therapy virtually, and you know, I'm not licensed yet, but I have friends who are licensed who went into private practice and they did virtual therapy, and they were like, it was a, a shit show because they were like, patients. Especially in crisis. Like if a patient sits here in front of me and says, Hey, I'm going to go kill myself. I have a knife right here in front of me. I am going to do it. Well, I don't know where you are. You can tell me you're at Disneyland right now, but you could be, you know, in Nevada for all I know. Like, I don't know where you are. And how am I supposed to deal with a crisis? Like, am I supposed, I can't keep a patient online, right? If they're physically in front of me, I can, you know, call someone, hey, restrain the patient. Hey, call 911 right now. Or, hey, I'm going to sit with you while the PAC team comes right now. Like, there was so much that wasn't thought out. And I'm like, so how in the world are we dealing with crises now? Because someone could tell me on the phone, on virtual, hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to go kill someone. Okay, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I don't know where you are. You told me you're here, but you're not here. So I feel like this pandemic showed us that we're not prepared for the technology world. I think we have a lot to figure out school-wise, therapy-wise, and I know there, you know, there's, like, better help, and um, I can't think of other ones, but I know they do a really good job, like, if it's a patient's in crisis, like, they have some form of, like, system, but still, it's not a perfect system, like, how do you do that?
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, 100%. I mean, you, it's something you live and you learn, and, and when you first, it's, like, the best, the best example I can give is, like, if you've never started something right, like, but you want it to be perfect, how do you, how how do you know it's going to be perfect if you never started? So I think like that happened a lot in the pandemic, especially, you know, with the government we had leading us, wasn't taking things seriously, you know? Mm -hmm. And what happens when, you know, you know, when we trust in people that are supposed to guide us and we're, uh, we're witnessing, they're not guiding us, you know, everything because of shit show, you know, you know, people start using like, you know, at one point there was no toilet paper. There's no need why there's no need why you, you though you know, there shouldn't be no toilet paper It's because you, you got now people like using more than what they have to, because everything has to be disinfected. So something that was last you a month now lasts you three days because you're everything's so accessible so oh I mean are you doing it more than you need to
1: oh yeah like gloves uh, I mean before the pandemic I used to buy gloves for other reasons and I'm like damn there were no gro- gloves I used to, to target the other day there's no gloves still I'm like what are we using gloves for now I thought COVID is over yeah so you know I feel like COVID really shined a light like what I like to say is like oh so we we tried and it, we failed so now what are we going to do to fix it and I don't think we have a plan to fix it
0: no, they're they they're just trying to open everything. They're just trying to open everything, and yes, hope you know, cross the fingers, hope everything's okay.
1: Well, so Florida was like one of the first states to open everything. Florida, like, yeah.
0: Well, this, well Florida is a different. First of all, Florida, the the uh, what do you call that place? The the central, the season control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're giving all that all that information. They're giving it to the White House. That's what the, that's what the White House is getting the information. I uh my episode twenty two have somebody that works there, and it's behind the scenes that confirmed it. So Florida, it's crazy. Special people come from Florida. So <laughs> oh it, it, no, fuck that. I'm sorry, I Curse. You. but it, Florida's crazy. I've seen some shit. <laughs> so, I mean, because
1: I remember when. Like, was it spring? It was spring break. Yes, yeah, spring break this year. Yeah, they had spring break. And I was like, oh, I guess. So. No, <laughs> we're having spring break.
0: Flo- everybody was going to the beach. Like when once like they, sh- they shut down New York, they shut uh, shut down New Jersey. Uh, I think they shut down L.A. Florida was basically one of the last states, I think, to shut down. And although they shut it down, they were still going to the beach. It was going to amusement mm. park everything was still going like Key West and Florida was popping literally. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: So <laughs> that's
1: funny. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> what kind of people come from
0: <laughs> Yes. Some crazy <laughs> shit that happens on there. Yes. Um, yes. That's all <laughs> I got to say with that. So I, I did- know. Uh-huh.
2: I'm sorry. I was going to say, I just think this pandemic, as Desi Girl said, really shone a light on us and just showed us that as humanity, we think we know it all because we have all these educated scientists and, you know, these high class people that are supposed to be looking out for us. But when life wants to hit, you know, it's going to hit us hard and we don't always have the answers. Exhibits A and B, COVID and Delta, who knows what other variant is going to come along to spin our lives around or... It may not be in our lifetime, but maybe in our great-grandkids or great-great-grandkids' lifetime, maybe, God willing, no, but something like this happens with new consequences, new symptoms, new things, and they're going to have to figure out this crap again, you know?
0: Listen, when it's, when it's time to clock out and everything yeah. is said is done, it doesn't matter how many sneakers you have for those sneaker fa- fanatics, doesn't matter how much money, cars, anything luxurious, and how people you know what, what's gonna matter at the end is, is the amount of kindness you were able to give to somebody just for being you. Mm-hmm. And this pandemic it clearly showed it doesn't matter if you have money, if you're famous, if you have that, that blue check mark, you're still a regular person, and you know, money can't save you.
2: Exactly.
0: So I, I know that. you guys ha- have to leave. So I want to talk about you guys. Just did a partnership with uh, some broadcasting.
1: Yeah, adventure venture broadcasting.
0: broadcasting. There you go, yeah. venture prog- mm-hmm. broadcasting.
1: Yeah. So we just partnered with them. I want to say last week, Lady DMC.
0: Congrats.
2: Last
0: week, yes. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So we're super
1: <laughs> excited. Today was our first episode where we're dropping with them.
0: Nice.
1: Um. And so our episode, I think, it already dropped. Yes, it dropped six months ago. Um, Yep. We are talking about athletes and mental health and chatting about like, you know, if a like Simone, for example, when she said, hey, you know, I'm going through some mental health issues, can't do my job and the public lost their mind. But let's say you and I call out, hey, you can't come in today. Nobody's going to care. Like, all right, cool. See you tomorrow. And so we talk about that. And we also talk about employers, you know, what I like to call the salty culture <laughs> and how we need to cancel it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is our movement here. <laughs> so we see to cancel the salty culture.
0: So you guys got um, joint partners with this, uh, with this company and moving forward, what, what's any plans, ideas? What can we wait from, from the silent warriors?
1: Um, so our blog, so we've been revamping our blog since like, may like at the beginning of this year it's been a long revamp but so our our new our blog will drop august 31st at 7 p.m pacific standard time nice um and so we're gonna have our you know weekly blog posts our daily blog posts we're gonna have more resources more opportunities like we have a sponsorship program so if businesses want to sponsor us um we we're gonna be listing all of our guests yours will be on there as well
0: uh the 26th i'll be there stay tuned the 31st august 31st 30, 31st? 31st one of those dates stay tuned yes <laughs> um so we're gonna
1: be posting all of our guest appearances um all of our podcast platforms what else do we have on there i want to see are the... you
2: too are you oh yeah
1: as are well? yeah oh, co- you guys
0: did... coming over your youtube channel
1: yeah so it's still audio right now we have like you said this is our first time showing our faces on some form of podcasting but we're hoping to do that too eventually once the revamp's over that's our big you know stressor right now here is our revamp because we've had just so much going on that we didn't plan that was going to happen
2: yes yes
0: well i wish you guys best success you guys are killing it. And once you guys do the video, you're still going to kill it. So, you know, just, dirt, you know, take that dirt off your shoulders. You guys are going to be okay. You're doing great. Um, before we leave, just tell the people where they can find you. Listen to you, find you, put all your plugins.
2: Well, we're on, we're on all the social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us. Silent Warrior Chronicles and For our podcast, we're on all the major platforms. We're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts as well, of course. Um, You know, as I said, you're going to find us on YouTube, on Venture, those are two other platforms that you're going to be able to listen to our podcast on. And Yeah, my girl Desi girl here does an amazing job of putting up daily inspirational quotes. She's awesome at that. Yes, she's amazing. She will keep you posted when our new episodes are up telling you what our episodes are about. We give you little teasers on Monday and then go ahead and announce officially on Tuesday so just hit us up we'll see you there and be a part of the silent warrior chronicle family we want more warriors out there
0: there you (laughs) go if they wanted to get in contact you to join you on your show or anything like that how would they reach you do they go on your uh your link tree and just um send you a message
1: yeah so our link tree has our email um another way is podcast.swc at outlook so that's another way to get a hold of us for podcast specifically. But if you want to like give us feedback or anything, then it's reachout.swc at outlook.com, which is on our link tree.
0: Well, there you go, guys. Uh go hit them up. Go follow them. Uh thank you for joining me today. I've had a, a pleasure. I hope it was fun. Like it was fun uh for, for me. Uh it's an honor to meet you both. You guys are doing great things. Uh you know, just keep it up keep it up you know sky's the limit and you're fucking you're you're saving lives uh Uh like i said thank you for for joining me today
1: well thank you for having us and we're excited we're actually going to have you on our platform yes i can't wait i can't wait corners so we're excited to have you on us being the host and you being our guest
0: well i can't wait i honestly (laughs) can't wait so thank you for joining me i'm out guys have a good night